Hey, everybody. Welcome into The Wrap. Tom Mazaway and friends here on NRM Streamcast in our Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. It's the weekender. It's the Friday. No DMAC in the house today. He's on a locale in Niagara Falls playing a little uh, uh, little hockey out there. I told, him to, I told him to slide down the falls in a barrel. Listen, man. All I, do it. All oh, I by the way, about, CB in the house, Clarence Black. Hey, look. All I care about is Spartacus. When we getting out there, man, carriage racing. Like, let's go. Like, let's go. I'm ready. Well, Darren said he will not go down the falls. It's the winter. And I had to remind him, well, they're frozen anyway. So he'll, we'll wait to the summer. We'll see if we send him down the barrel. Uh, little Stevie Mac in the house, our producer. Mac is What's nuts. up, kid? Uh, not much. You All got right. the vans on? No, not today. Don't wear them damn vans around me no more, man. Hey, tell everybody what you do uh, on the side now. You're play-by-play for who? Oh, I do play-by-play over at uh, Detroit Mercy. Uh, I did soccer over there in the fall, and then actually in about two weeks from now, I'll start doing some of their spring sports. I just got my schedule for it yesterday. What do you got? Uh, well, for the second year in a row now, I'll be doing some of their women's lacrosse games over there. Good. Um, and then this year, I actually added softball and men's lacrosse to the lineup nice. as well. So I'll get about 15 to 20 games this season. So I'm awesome. really excited about that. Let Clarence and I know if you need a color guy. I mean, well, I mean, I could do softball with the best of them. Did you say colored guy? Color guy. Oh, <laughs> color guy. I didn't say black wings. I, I didn't say black that. wings. By the way, uh, happy uh, Friday to everybody. And it's the first Friday you can't eat meat if you're a Catholic or you follow that. And uh, I don't think that matters uh, to uh, you. I don't you guys did you the care. Ash thing, right? Already? We did the Ash that thing. That was Wednesday? Ash Wednesday. And then the Punchkeys were Tuesday. It was Tuesday because that's okay. the last day you yeah. could like feast, supposedly. Really? It's, the, it's Mardi Gras. Tuesday. Tuesday's Mar- you know, the end. Oh, Mardi Gras. Tuesday. So a lot of people are just laying on the streets in New Orleans yeah, on I'm not Wednesday a, morning. I don't know how the Catholics roll, man. I just know when I <laughs> see roll. the punchkeys and then the ashes on hey. people's heads. Then you know that, tell, that tells me what the time is. And then on Friday they eat fish now. <laughs> that's it. And that lasts for how long? <laughs> we're going to the fish fry. It lasts to Easter. To Easter right, Sunday. Ain't bad. All right, we're going over to St. Isaac Jokes tonight. You know how people do fish, man. We do some fish. Yeah. The ashes, though, man. Not the ashes. ashes. I'll bless you anyway, man. God bless. There we go. Same to you, Stevie. (laughs) Anyway, we'll have Michael Rothstein on from us. He's been following the NFL Combine. Writes for, of course, ESPN here uh, for the Lions. Lots of questions about what the Lions are going to do. And did you see this punter? Yesterday. I was just going to say that. This With is the third pick, the Detroit Lions. The punter. Pick the punter. Hey, we need, Patricia, he's strong. We, we can need convert a, him to a linebacker. We need a punter. By the way, yesterday <laughs> was our punter's birthday. Uh, God, how can I? Sam Martin. Sam Martin's birthday was yesterday, and he's like working on one-year deals now. He used to be like the punter in the NFC. And, you know, his leg is, I guess, starting to hurt, I guess. It's not, he's not, he's injured more and all that kind of stuff. So Matt Turk's nephew. Matt Turk played in the NFL for 17 years. Michael Turk, he kicks for Arizona State. He does 25 reps on the pre- on the bench press. How much is he benching? 225. 225. 25 times. Bro, that's... That's, that's more than Frank Clark, yeah. Demarcus Loris, Jadavian Clowney, Devin White, Michael Bennett, Chandler Jones. All big guys back in the day. Now, now, I know the, it's just a bench press, but yeah, that's a good reality, athlete. The reality of the bench press is that there's a lot of guys that can bench their behind off. But it's not a great measure of overall strength. Like if you have like shorter arm guys, you know Good normally point. do well with it. I got long arms. Yeah. I hate the bench press. I can do it, but I normally hit two twenty five. I hit two twenty five about fifteen, sixteen times. Then after that, I'm like I'm good. And it's just because normally it just I just don't enjoy it. It's I'm it's sore, but you know I got long arms, man. Same thing with pull ups. So, but it's still pretty damn impressive. pretty done. Good. Twenty twenty five times for a punter. 
And we'll talk combine and NFL and Lions. Because uh, did we figure out when the, when they're voting yet, Stevie? The NFLPA. I looked it up before the show a few minutes ago, and I didn't find. Well, it's got to be a pretty soon. Date, but it's got to be it pretty soon. Like, it seemed like when I was going over things for the show yesterday, it seemed like I saw either today or Monday. Okay. I thought so. It's within the next few days. I bet you Michael Rothstein will probably know, and we'll check in with him in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we got XFL Week Four. I know the the ratings have gone down both weeks. The two uh, two of the worst teams are playing. The LA Wildcats. That's your team. Against the New York Guardians, my which cats. is my team, uh, Seattle—they're one and two against St. Louis, who's two and one. Houston three and zero; oh. they're the only uh, unbeaten. They play Dallas, and then the DC Defenders take on the winless Tampa Bay Vi- Vipers. Let me ask you because we didn't get to this this week, man. Where do you come out, Maz, on the? Because I heard so two names popped up. They were talking about, hey, the XFL has been great. The play has been great. There's only one problem. No star power at the quarterback. Yeah. So two names come up. Currently not on NFL rosters. Kyle Kaepernick. Johnny Manziel. Right. Where do you fall out on that? Well, Colin Kaepernick's not going to do it because I don't think he wants to play anymore. I don't think he wants to play football at all. And if he does, he's going to ask for some extraordinary, uh, exor- yeah. exorbitant number, and they're not going to give it to him. Johnny Manziel, he's like the rich kid playing with his parents' money. I'm not sure how much uh, he wants to give, but I think he'd be a really good fit in that league. I think the league is doing well. I don't, I, I'm enjoying I don't think it. you need star power. No. At quarterback. Hey, it was I think nice. you eventually do. You eventually, this league, you will eventually need to market some guys. But, man, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not sitting there like, man, I wish there was a name. I mean, because really what you're talking about is a name you know. Well, look at the USFL. Steve Young, uh, Jim Kelly. You can go on and on. Doug Flutie was there. Yeah. Uh, Doug Williams uh, played for the USFL. I loved the USFL. Absolutely loved it and thought it could work. And thought it would bang against the NFL eventually if, if Donald Trump didn't force their hand to say we're going to go play in the fall, and of course that never came to fruition, and they went out and they and they went bankrupt. If this season goes well and they're profitable, and that lines up advertisers for next year, then I think you could conceivably see. And the the question is going to be this: How much will you have to pay a perennial NFL backup mm-hmm. to make that jump? Like, what would you right. have to pay Bar- Mike Matt Barkley or Geno Smith? Good point. To become a starter for like, what would what would the Vipers have to offer, Gino? I really don't know. Right. It's going to take, because like you, you said, it's going to take that you, second If you're deal. Gino, you uh, Gino don't want to be a backup. <laughs> I mean, granted, right. Gino. I mean, it's just some some people don't have it. He does not want to be a backup. I don't think Barkley wants to be a backup. But I mean, you sit in that league. Do you? I mean, how long do you sit and you wait and and you know figure your opportunity, or you know you figure maybe like, look, I can I'm gonna make a million dollars a year. You know, I mean, what was it Orlovsky? You know, I, I didn't realize how long he, he hung, played. Yeah, he hung in there, but For now a he's wild. He's really uh, y'all. He's cash hit it big now. I mean, there's a guy that made fun of himself. If you look at his Twitter handle, you see part of it is a guy that ran out of the end zone. <laughs> you know, part part of that wishes no. He said, "Wish the end zone, wish the field was 101 yards instead of 100 yards." That was part of his Twitter handle, and now he's like the star on ESPN. This guy, and he really is. His star is shooting. I love, love the product. I love the product. I like what I see. You start messing around trying to bring in names, you're going to pay for names, and I think that messes with rosters. So just, I would say, man, just keep it, keep it going and see if you can build these guys. I like Cardell Jones. Yeah, right. Yeah, Landry Jones. Landry. There's going to be some more players that it's going to. Oh hit yeah, that I mean, you figure because there's attrition in the league. There are going to be some yeah. guys that are on NFL rosters that are, you know, David Blau. 
<laughs> I like our backups, to tell you the truth. You want to laugh? I, I think the one thing the Lions did right this year is they found themselves two decent backup quarterbacks. Kellen Moore. Well, Kellen Moore became an offensive coordinator. I don't know what he's doing Kellen now. Moore. Yes. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Can't be any worse of a starter in the XFL and he was an offensive coordinator. God. Hey, it go, it, we go on and on. Anyway, Lions uh, on the clock with pick number three yet. They have not moved that pick yet. As the NFL draft approaches, the NFL Combine going through now. Today, Combine gets the place kickers, special teamers, the offensive linemen, and running backs. They get their shot out there today But have you heard, in this, have you heard the craziness going on in Washington now? That there is seriously yeah. strong talk yeah. that Ron Rivera may – he may pull to it if if to now so this is where i i need help because i thought he i know the mri came back clean but i don't know whatever other test he's going to have you know they're waiting to clear but if he clears if he if he clears everybody's and i'm assuming it's it's, right. it's going to happen in, in this time he's going to release a report or something right but man can you imagine that well and I what think, do you what a what do you do with haskins and then b the lions would then have to take well i think young that really the reason he's at least considering it is because haskins isn't really his guy like he didn't pick him it's just what he's inheriting right so if he doesn't think that it's not like you lit it up either no exactly and i i think that if he feels like haskins isn't the guy moving forward then he needs to find the guy but ron rivera is a defensive guy Won a Super Bowl with the defense. He's taking and even Chase if you Young. Think about, Chase Young is a Maryland kid. He's he's going to Washington. He's or, going to Washington. Or trade it down and get picks. Nah, they're not trading that pick. They're taking they're taking him. His best team in Carolina had depth. That Carolina team had depth. They had talent. I mean, there was there were that team was set up for a while. So, I think there's a ton of talent in Washington. But if you look at it, you trade that. Man, that's. Hey, we can, we'll talk more about this, obviously, uh, with Michael Rothstein, who is on the line today, ESPN's Lions reporter here in Detroit. We'll keep an eye on the draft and, of course, the combine going on in Indianapolis. What's up, Mike? Thanks for joining us. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black, and Stevie McDonald. How are you? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Good, good man. Doing, good. Thanks for taking some time out. Uh, we've been following all you guys uh, and – Seeing what you guys are thinking, what the Lions might be doing, of course, with pick number three coming up. We were just chatting a little bit about maybe the Redskins taking a look at uh, Tua or, you know, at least doing a good smoke screen. Yeah, Mike, doing their what, homework. Mike, what the hell happened? Chase Young came out. He said, I, I think I'm the best player in the world. And all of a sudden now people are like, I don't know about him. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, listen, as we all know, the NFL is a quarterback driven league. You really can't win unless you have a quarterback. And. If you're Washington, I heard a little bit of your discussion just before I came on air. You have to decide, do you think Dwayne Haskins is your guy? And this is not an unprecedented situation. You can go back and look at Cam Newton. Because when the Panthers took Cam Newton, they drafted Jimmy Clausen in the second round a year earlier. People people were, some people, were high on Jimmy Clausen at that time. He had a really good arm, obviously was very up and down at Notre Dame, but a lot of that wasn't necessarily his fault. He got a year, struggled as a rookie, and then they took Cam because Cam looked like a generational talent. So if you're Ron Rivera, and obviously you did what you did with Cam, right? Like, And you say, okay, Tua, or I mean, I, I still feel like Cincinnati's taking Joe Burrow, but like, Tua is a generational talent, then I think maybe you have to really think about that. You have to consider it. Because there's one other thing here, too. If, the, if Washington keeps Ryan Kerrigan, They've invested a lot in their defensive line already because their first-round pick last year was Montez Sweat. 
They'd have Kerrigan on the roster. So if you Chase Young, I think, is a very, very talented player. I think for the Lions, he is the player they absolutely should take if he's available in the draft. I think it's a no-brainer. If I'm Bob Quinn, I'm like telling whoever is in Vegas in charge of the card to like <laughs> basically run your fastest 40 ever to get to the podium the absolutely. second that you can because you're going to take Chase Young. At least, again, that's just my opinion. But if I'm Washington, I at least look at it because Haskins, I think Haskins will eventually be a good quarterback potentially, but his accuracy was really bad last year. And you saw that in the game against the Lions. Washington could have blown out the Lions if Haskins had been more accurate in the red zone. And I think from my understanding, that was very emblematic of the entire year. Now, granted, he didn't have a lot of pieces around him, but... You have to make that decision. If you don't think that Dwayne Haskins can be the guy or the guy for you, and you think maybe Tua Tagliavoa can be, I think you take Tua if you're Washington. Man, there's a lot. Wow. This draft, I mean, I've never been more hooked. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I cannot wait for the draft. And the free agency starts you know, in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait. These teams are going to be reshaped. And, of course, quarterback, it all starts with Tom Brady. Now he's not going back to New England blah, blah, blah. People are putting their reputations on the line saying he's going to go test the market. And that leaves us with our quarterback here, Matthew Stafford. And I know Bernie Smilovitz a few weeks ago said they're going to trade him or they're looking at trading him. And then Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia kind of made fun of that. And you trade him, you take a big cap hit. We understand that. And the win now edict or the at least compete now edict by the Fords put this team put Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia in a slippery slope here. I mean, what do they do? What do you do if you're them in a perfect scenario? Let's say Chase Young is there at three. And, uh, you take Chase Young. You, you take Chase Young. What if he's gone? If he's gone, you, yeah. then that means that Chase Young was taken by Washington. And, frankly, you try to trade with Miami or the Chargers or Carolina, I wouldn't go lower than seven. Because I think at seven, you can still get one of the Jeffrey Okuda, um, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, maybe you throw Javon Kinlaw in there. Crowd, if you're looking at defense, you probably can get one of the big tackles or Jerry Judy slash CD Lamb at seven. Like you'll, those, some of those players will absolutely be available. Right. So I don't go further down than seven, but I try to trade the pick. Uh, and if I can't trade the pick, me, personally, just me, my opinion, I take Isaiah Simmons. But, I mean, Jeffrey Okuda is a really, really good player as well. And Derek Brown fits exactly what the Lions want as a defensive tackle. So I think the Lions really can't go wrong with any of those three players at number three. And, and that's what I would do. Because, again, you need to win now, and you need to at least show improvement. And Matthew Stafford, again, was not the problem. No, we know that. And, and and why, so as long as you think and really believe, if you're the Lions, that Matthew Stafford will not have recurring back injuries, that this was a freak thing, which Matthew Stafford said in December, you roll with Matthew Stafford. And you're not trading Matthew Stafford. Like, even this year, even if you say they took Tua and they, they decided to go maybe the Kansas City route, right, where, where you draft where they drafted Mahomes, they had Alex Smith for a year, and then you say, okay, Matthew Stafford's contract tradable after the 2020. Maybe you make that move. Let's be real. 
if Matthew Stafford doesn't play well in 2020, you're probably gone anyway. Right. So you're not going to get a chance to coach Tua or, or, or play Tua because you probably went 6-10, and 10 and, and that's not going to be good enough. Nope. So uh, to me, I look at it and I say, I just don't know if I'm this regime if I take Tua. I, I think if this was the first year of a regime and – they knew they would get three, four years. Maybe they make that move. But again, Matthew Stafford was playing at a Pro Bowl level, and frankly, had the defense been a little better, you probably could have said MVP level. Obviously, Lamar Jackson did what Lamar Jackson did the second half of that of last season. And Russell but Wilson. Matthew, Matthew Stafford was playing really, really good football, or he might have been in that conversation if the defense had been able to get, I don't know, one or two stops along the way. And... People forget that. He's on pace for a 5,000-yard season and, you know, 40-plus touchdowns, essentially, and, you know, maybe his lowest interception total of his career, and you know, at least in a full season. He, he's a good quarterback, and I think people forget that. <laughs> and when you look at it, too, people are talking about trading him now. Find me, and, and, and maybe there is one. Maybe I haven't been able to find it. But find me a team that's been willing to, to swallow a $24 million cap hit in any season off of a good player. Like, yeah, they're talking about trading Darius Slay. Darius Slay's a good player. I personally wouldn't trade Darius Slay, but I can kind of understand that. I can't understand why you would trade Matthew Stafford at this point, knowing what it would cost you against the cap, when you have to win, and you know how hard it is in the NFL to find a quarterback. There are teams that live in the abyss for a decade, for a decade, decade and a half, hoping that they find the quarterback. And there's no guarantee that Joe Burrow or Tua is going to be that good. Remember, in night was it ninety nine when there was Donovan McNabb and Achilles Smith. People thought Achilles Smith was going to be awesome. Achilles Smith was not awesome. No. Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. You know, I'm obviously going back a ways here. Ryan Leaf, not awesome. Like there is Mitchell Trubisky. We can even look at that. Not great. You know, first round quarterbacks are still hit or miss, especially in the top five. So, Michael, and to me, to me, just to me. I would I would not do that if I have a quarterback already. Michael Rothstein, ESPN line reporter, kind enough to join us. So, Michael, it, then it goes back to this question, which I think is what drives fans crazy. If you have a Pro Bowl quarterback, then are you telling me that this is going to be what what we focus the identity of our team around – or is it going to be the defense? Now, I mean, I, I follow you on Twitter, so I saw what you, you know, you uh, think yesterday you had the, uh, you know, how much money, the dead money the Lions have out there for 220. Yeah. And you look at, you know, you got Snacks, Quandre Diggs. I mean, it, it I guess my, to, to simply ask the question is, and I think this is where fans are, are is if, if we are not going to be an offensive football team, then I think that's the question about keeping Stafford. I mean, do you have a, a handle at this point on on who who does this team want to be? I mean, it seems like a simple question, but I man, I don't know who do they want to be. Well, they want to be a good football team, you know. And I don't think that you know you still even defensive quote unquote defensive football teams right still have good quarterbacks. I mean, Seattle was a defensive football team when they were arguably the best team in the NFL for a few years with the Legion of Boom and that defense, they still had Russell Wilson, who's really, really good. Like, some of the better defenses still had good quarterbacks. So it's not like an either-or 
scenario here, to me at least, you can still have Matthew Stafford and be a team that really wants to pride itself on playing good defense. The question is, is whether you have enough pieces on defense, and right now the Lions don't. And, and that's been abundantly clear, and they're going to be rebuilding that defensive tackle position because they released Snacks, and I understand why they released Snacks, Harrison. And you, there were clear questions he did not about him going forward because he did not play well in 2019. At the end of 2019, he was talking about retirement. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm, if I'm Bob Quinn, I'm not going to pay $11 million against the cap for a guy that you just don't know if that's going to work anymore. You just don't take that chance, and I think you, you take the 6.75 million you get back, and maybe you pay a, a mid-level defensive tackle, and that's your number two defensive tackle. Like, or you pay an offensive guard, and that's maybe your starting right guard. Like, I get why they did that. Like, Wander Diggs trade still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I still don't really buy their reasoning behind it. Uh, I think it was a bad move, and I think that as long as Quandary Diggs continues to play well, it will continue to be a bad move. And if the Lions don't get better help from their safety position opposite Tracy Walker this year, it will be compounded into an even worse move. Right. Hey, there's, there's something I think on ESPN. They can be a defensive team that wants to stop the run, and they can do that and still have what could potentially be one of the better passing conferences in the NFL next year as long as guys stay healthy and if guys stay healthy they have a lot of good options because if you expect tj hawkinson to make an improvement from his first year to his second year which i do then that passing attack can be really really good even if danny amadola plays at three quarters of the level of what he did last year and they're going to bring in a receiver somewhere whether it's through the draft or free agency and and kind of be a fourth receiver like they have options, and that to me, that's a very potent passing attack already. So you need to get your defense up to a reasonable to good level for 2020 to have a chance. Uh, Michael Rothstein joins us, ESPN's Lions reporter here, uh, talking a little bit on the combine, mostly about the draft and what the Lions could be doing with a free agency. Deion Lewis's name popped up, and here's a guy that used to play for the Patriots and now the Titans last year. And what are you hearing about him, and does he fit this team at all? Is he a third-down guy? Yeah, I mean, I've seen the rumors, and they they can use another running back. Again, personally, I wouldn't necessarily pay a veteran running back at this point. Like, you've gone down that road a couple of times already with LeGarrette Blunt, C.J. Anderson, and neither time it's really worked out. Uh, I mean, obviously, like Garrett Blunt at least made it through the season, but was really usurped by the by Zach Zenner by the end of the year, and then uh, C.J. Anderson lasted a month. Like, so to me, you can't trust Carryon Johnson to be healthy for 16 games at this point. You don't really know what Bo Scarborough will give you through a full season. Ty Johnson, you just don't know. I think that I think he could be a breakout candidate this year, but I think you need a veteran presence in there, whether that ends up being J.D. McKissick again, whether that means somebody a little bit better than J.D. McKissick. Uh, J.D. McKissick's a restricted free agent. I don't expect them to pay the – I think the tender will be probably around $2 million. We'll see what happens with CBA situations, but probably around $2 million. They're not going to pay that, but they might try to bring it back cheaper than that. So – I look at those things and I say, yeah, you know what? Like, I could see them bringing in a vet. I don't know if they would bring in a high-priced vet, though. I, I, I just don't know if I, I don't know if they can look at their room and say, you know what? There's there's a room for 
for a high priced bet. I mean, maybe like if you really want to go, and if you really want to go out and spend, go spend on Melvin Gordon. If you're the Lions, but I don't think they would do that either. Maybe I'm wrong, but running back is a position I think you can find different options in the draft or in the mid tier of free agency. And maybe Deion Lewis is considered in that. I don't know what his price point would be, and obviously he hasn't really even been released from Tennessee yet, I don't believe. So it's possible, but I can't say for sure that that's definitely going to happen. And you look at it and say, I think there are other options there. And to me, there are better places for them to spend capital on that they need to get better than running back. Aaron Eckler's out there, too. His name is out there. And maybe the Chargers will re-sign him. He's done... A great thing, but look how they found him. You just got to find. You just got to go out there and find the talent. And I don't think this regime has really done that. I mean, am I? What am I missing? Have they found the, a great besides Kenny Galladay? I mean, what else have they really gone out there and said, "Wow, we really hit it big on this guy." How do we trust them? I mean, essentially, you're right. Like, I think they've found a lot of good players. I don't think they've found a lot of, they haven't really found a lot of stars other than Kenny Galladay. And I mean, Grant Glasgow's a really good guard. Now, he's probably not going to be a lion here, but I wish he would be. As he enters free agency, I would be pretty surprised at this point if he came back, but you never know. Um, but you look at, I look at that and I say, yeah, they, they haven't really hit majorly in the draft. Carry on Johnson's a good player, but can't Injured. stay healthy. Yeah. Bo Scarborough is a great find. Uh, but I mean, he was on ten he was teams. A free agent pickup yeah. <laughs> midway through the season. Like you look at their draft, Taylor Decker is a good player. He's a fine left tackle, but he's not a star. Uh, Jerry Davis is what he is at this point. They're not going to sign him again, right? They're not going to sign him again, right? Who, Jerry Davis? Yeah. I mean, they still have him under contract for another year. They have to make a decision on a fifth-year option. Uh, they love what he brings off the field, and I think if they could find a role for him, they would want to keep him. But off the field, you know, field. to me, I'd be curious to see again what happens with the CBA and if they get something done. Because if it changes the rules on the fifth-year option, that might change how they handle it. Uh, so I, I just can't give an answer there. I don't think it's a no-brainer that they do the fifth-year option. But if, frankly, if it's a fifth-year option, kind of like it's been in the past, where it's a fifth-year option, but there's no guarantee to it until the start of the league year. Then maybe you pick it up. You hope he finds. You hope he finds it this year, and then you've got him for another year. And if he doesn't, then you saw what they did with Eric Ebron yeah. a few years back, where you know what he was. They picked up the fifth year option, and then well, I think it was what two minutes, three minutes before the start of the new league year, the Lions release Eric Ebron. And I think maybe it was a half hour. The Lions yeah. release Eric Ebron, and they're not charged on that. So that's going to be something to watch with the new CBA of how that's handled maybe with what they decide to exercise when it comes to Jared Davis. What are you hearing about the CBA, Mike, as far as the Lions go? Are they, I, are they in favor? I'm just going to be up front with you. Uh, not a lot. Uh, just kind of what other people have reported and what people say have been saying on social media. Obviously, Devon Kennard, who's the Lions player rep, came out and explained why he voted yes for it in a very eloquent post on uh, Twitter. might have been on Instagram as well, but it was definitely on Twitter. Other than that, I like I wasn't in Indianapolis this week, so I I really didn't hear a lot of subtle on that because I just wasn't there, and frankly, I just don't have a lot of information there. That's fine, Mike. Thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. We'll get you on closer to the draft. Make sure you. Uh, how's that podcast going? It's going well. It's called the Michael Rothstein Show. We had Darius Play on on Monday. Actually, it's the first time he's really he's talked besides like on Twitter since. Um, 
since really the trade talk started up again. So yeah. I advise people to check that out. We have we had a combine preview post on Thursday, and uh, we drop new episodes on Monday and Thursday. Check it out uh, everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's called the Michael Rossi Show. Hey, and obviously all my work at ESPN. Of course, we we love following you. But speaking of Darius Slay, and you, 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 I can't let you go without uh, hearing. What's your take on him? Does he stay? Does he go? What, what's this, How do you trade a guy like that away? I mean, listen. If you get what you want, if you get if you get what you're able, if you get what you would like value wise from him, I understand why you trade him. I wouldn't trade him again. Going back to the philosophy of I don't trade, I wouldn't trade away my good players. Um, and he, to me, he's their best defensive player, maybe second best defensive player. How you trade flowers? But. I wouldn't trade him if I'm the Lions, especially, again, you need to show improvement this year and you're creating another hole for yourself. But if, you know, that's where the tampering period in a couple weeks becomes really interesting because say you are able to secure Byron Jones. Let's just say that, right? right. Or the you're able to get Logan Ryan or you get, you get one of, or James Bradbury. Those are the three maybe top corners. Chris Harris is another one, you know, but I think, if you're getting rid of Darius Slay, you're maybe looking for a longer-term solution. Say you're able to get one of the top three younger corners, right? Um, although Logan Ryan's not much like younger than, than Slay, I don't believe. So let's even focus on just those top two guys. Say you're able to get Byron Jones or James Bradbury. Well, if you have that person as your number one and you sign them to a four-year deal, then that makes trading Darius Slay a little bit more palatable. Now, the longer it goes... You know, like say they go a week or two in free agency, they don't sign a top top corner. I think that to me at that point it becomes tougher to trade Darius Slay because you you need a number one corner. And in the NFC North, I would be very concerned if my say they took Okuda at three. Going back to the draft conversation we were just having, I would still be concerned if my number one corner was a rookie because corner is maybe the hardest position other than quarterback to transition to from college to the NFL. It just is. Some of the rules are different. The speed is a lot different. Tight end, obviously, is difficult as well. But I would not trust, to me, a rookie who, unless obviously injuries happen, in a division where you know you're going to face Devontae Adams twice, Stephon Diggs twice, and you know, you got to play Deshaun Watson this year, so you're dealing with, with Hopkins and, and Fuller and that crew. You know, and you, you're facing a lot of top flight receivers. To me, you can't have a rookie be a number one right. if you really want to be a good defense. And that's something I think you have to think about. But I, I could easily see Darius Slay being moved, and I could also see a situation where the Lions say, you know what, we didn't get what we wanted. We'll let him play out the deal and kind of go from there. And maybe they give him an extension too, but to me that seems at this point maybe not as plausible as I'm trading him. All right, Mike. Well, listen uh, for your uh, report and, and, of course, your podcast featuring Darius Slay. Michael Rothstein, ESPN Lions reporter. Thanks, bud. Hey, no problem. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll talk again. Uh, man, like he said, you trade. He, he said it. We've been saying it. All these guys have been doing has been trading the talent that's on this team because it doesn't fit the way they like to run a team. They trade Quandre Diggs. They trade uh, Golden Tate. They let uh, I keep bringing Van Noy's name up. That was the first guy that that Quinn let go. He let him walk to the Patriots. Now they want to let Slay go. If we were on the hundredth floor of a building with a window, 
I would have jumped out of it. You ever see the Hud Sucker movie? I, that would have been me. I would have. No, I haven't seen that, but I could picture run you. and jumped out of the freaking window. I see you with your hand over your eyes. I, 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 I had to, him, I had to slap you. A few and times. I'm hearing him, and I'm hearing what he's saying. But I'm, and as he's talking, the more he talked, the more upset I get. Not at him, right? But because it's like, listen, man, this is not complicated. Either you are making moves and drafting and bringing in guys to fit your vision. Or, dude, you're bringing in stuff, and then you're going to figure out, like, once you got all this stuff in the house, you're going to tailor what you're going to do to the to the talent and the guys you have. Just tell me which is it. Yeah, That's it. Just tell me which is it. Right. If you show up at my house with groceries and say, all right, I got all these groceries, all right, based on, based on what I got here, man, here's what I'm going to cook. Got it. Or if you say, hey, I'm going to make an awesome kind of Tex-Mex fiesta and here's what I'm going to go buy. I got it. Just tell me what the hell is going on. Like, this is just, I, I don't, take I, don't a, take I may a, not make it, bro. Take a sip of your water. You take a sip of your water. We're going to come back. Uh, plenty more to talk about. Hey, I got some I got some bitching to do about uh, Chrysler Arena and the crowd. All right? I, I'm going to ask you guys uh, your thoughts on it. Clarence Black, Stevie McDonald here. Tom Mazaway on the wrap. Keep it right here. Jim Reels Oof. coming up. This is Jimmy King and Terry Foster of King and Foster, only on NRM Streamcast. Your friendly dealer, Jim Reel. Check out the newest member of Jim Reel's family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reel's friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New Sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reel's friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. Hey, we're Joe and Sarah. From Pop That Culture. Uh-huh. Yes, it is a show where we talk about uh, pop culture. Only the freshest uh, pop culture. Uh-huh. Really? Well, I mean, it might be a couple days old. I we don't know. Save a couple of dollars. Yeah, you can watch mm. us at noon, and then if you watch us at another time, then that's not so fresh. And we're back on the wrap. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black, and Stevie Mack in the house here on NRM Streamcast. Uh, we just talked to Michael Rothstein, and I just talked uh, Clarence off the off the ledge here. He was just going to jump off the second I floor. I do. We here talk about this team on Northwestern I, I just, Highway. I, it's like. I do. I really, I really think at some point, like they, I would they jump do out drive you to drink. They yes. do. They drive you to drink. It's not. But this a, is not why, a question like, about man. It. I don't. I don't ever advocate for people to be terminated ever. But I, I, it has been my experience in every walk of life that when you put people on a hot seat or a plan it don't work. It or don't whatever work. it is, it don't work. Like, it, that does it doesn't work. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't. You get people that are in the man. The minute you do that stuff, people start either looking for another option, or they get desperate and they panic. And so now we're sitting here with the number three pick with a regime that's maybe maybe has a foot out the door or the perception is that they got a foot out the door. And like I was asking TJ the other day, like, man, why, why would I come here? Right. Like you guys are in complete flux and you got and now. And oh, oh, by the way, you're the number three pick. Like, well, you're Chase Young, and you're on the clock. You have to pick number one. Let's say Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals. And unless there's a shock, that's where he's going to go. So Chase Young is up. The Redskins are on the clock. This is his childhood team. 
That's his childhood team. He grew up in Maryland. He doesn't miss Redskin games. And his boy, Haskins, is over there. And so is Terry McLaurin. McLaurin, yeah. I mean, I can't see them not taking Chase Young, but I, I can and I can and it and it makes But like sense Mike of, said, yes. They took Cam Newton when they had Jimmy, Jimmy Clausen. Now, you know, we didn't know how Jimmy Clausen was gonna turn out. Obviously he didn't do much. You, especially in that division, you gotta have a guy. You gotta have a quarterback. You cannot have any reservations about the guy you put behind center and oh by the way that defense is solid now so that defense is solid now you draft chase young and all of a sudden now you got a defense that's win ready wow. that's that could be a scary defense for ron rivera but you turn around you got a second year guy yeah you who, don't have the quarterback you just some, don't who has some turnover issues what are you going to pair with them i thought that i think that receiving core is is young and exciting but you still got some questions at tight end. I mean, you got a lot of questions on that offense. So if you're Ron Rivera, do you go out and get a veteran? Do you go out and grab a Phillip Rivers? They have a veteran. Case King. Yeah. He won he won a playoff game. He went to the NFC Championship game. Just two Case, years ago. It's still Case King. I understand that. But you already have your veteran guy. Your franchise guy. The the guy that you know can be the face of your franchise for ten years. And Tua in that division, if everything holds up, man, that could be you got you got Danny Dimes, Dak, Wentz, Tua. You almost gotta take them just to keep par with the rest of this league. Or you're telling your fan base, like, I'm sorry, but when you say some of those names, I mean, the the worst of the three is Danny Dimes, who's I mean He's gonna be a stud. Stud. Now Haskins would become Josh Rosen then. Because Josh Rosen has been passed around like a like a cocktail, yeah. Frank. And I mean, it doesn't, and what's going to happen is, with him? And that hasn't helped him. No, I think Rosen's like He's so shell no shocked sh- at this point. He needs to go to a team like New England. Yeah, he really does. I, I think that's the best case scenario for a Josh Rosen, Rosen's who's with Miami. Right. They're not going to trade him to, I think to Rosen, New England. I think Rosen's going to eventually find his home, settle in, and be all right. He has some things to work on, hundred percent, obviously. But I mean, the kid's got talent, man. He just needs to go someplace and settle in and mature. And I mean. Look, it's Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick knows how to play the game. He knows how to play the game. He's not an all-star, but, I mean, wherever he goes, man, he he understands what coaches need to see and hear, and that's what he does, and that's why he ends up starting everywhere he goes because he understands what NFL coaches want to to see and hear. And Rosen doesn't get that yet. And all the guys, every place he goes – you ever notice that with with, uh, Fitzpatrick, everywhere he goes, the guy that he beats out is always a young guy. He's just a young, solid guy. And he just gets it. Oh, yeah. Because those guys don't. He's made some money over the years just being Fitz Magic. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black, Stevie Mack in the house here on NRM Streamcast. I wanted to bring up the Michigan Wolverines, the college basketball Wolverines. They fall to Wisconsin last night, snaps a five-game win streak. Final 81-74. They could not hit a free throw to save their lives. Xavier Simpson's on the line with 21 seconds left. They're down three. And I, I had turned off the game because they were down seven. It looked like they had given up. And then I hate college basketball when there's a timeout every every three seconds. I hate it. I truly hate the way the college basketball game does. I don't like it. Take the timeouts away if you want to get my interest back. So I flip it back like five minutes later, only like 18 seconds went off the clock, and I see Michigan down three. I had to like double look at the at the at the score because the crowd, I swear to you, was worse. Than a high school, not even a high school. There's noise in a high school gym. Yeah, I've seen. I've it seen was some like high a, school basketball games yeah, where it gets loud. I'm, yeah, I, I didn't mean to even bring high school up. This that was the worst 
ambiance of a gym I've ever heard in my life. I had to look. They're only down three, and your best player is on the free throw line. And you could hear a pin drop. And I've heard I've heard this. He's the he's the home kid shooting. They're quiet for him. No, no, no. I, I did that. I okay. let it keep going. And then, you know, before that, they were quiet. When they were down seven, they were making a little run to get down within four. It's still deathly quiet at Chrysler Arena. And it's deathly quiet at the big house, too. Let, let's That's 110,000 people. It sounds like it's, you know, 40,000. It's not a raucous culture, man. I mean, come on. It's just on. not, dude. It's not, it's not a it's raucous embarrassing. culture. And you could argue that that culture in that, in that building has not been raucous, legitimately raucous since the Fab Five. And that's because you need those players that make those plays. I mean, you need exciting players to generate. You want to generate excitement. That is why dunks and, and shot blocking. I, I, I use this example. Auburn was dead. Auburn basketball was literally dead. It was Bruce an Pearl, afterthought bring before up? Bruce Pearl okay. went in there. But when he went in there, he went in there with a team, and they play fast, they play athletic, and those guys dunk, and they throw oops, and all of that stuff that is a part of the overall energy of college basketball. And what's Michigan's most exciting play is like a good set for a three. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not I'm not pissing on the Wolverines, man. I love what Juwan is doing. I think that's awesome. But, I mean, to a degree, the kind of excitement you need to generate is with a style of play. You need a style of play that that fits with that. High flyers and shot blockers. I mean, that stuff is mo- – those are momentum things. And if you don't have it, then – and you don't have that as a part of – like, like for, here's an example. The Izone is a part of the culture of State. I mean, there are, there are plenty of games where State is, like, anemic offense. That Maryland game? Oh, they were horrible offensively. They play Maryland tomorrow, by the way. But but was that crowd still into it? Yes, because they've built that culture over time and they've had enough of it to where, you know, people get it and they still you know, they play hard. It's that gritty type of, you know, that that Spartans. I mean, so I think it's gonna take some time for Jawan to build, but he will eventually bring in those guys that will generate that kind of this is this is a this is a good fundamentally sound basketball team, but I would never describe this Wolverine team is exciting. So am I shot? No. I'd rather not play at home. I'd rather I'd rather them not play at home. How, how's that sound? Stevie, you probably have more noise at your girls lacrosse game than, than Chrysler Arena brings. I mean, yeah, they do get into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I used to go to Michigan football games all the time, pretty much every year. And I mean, it would be something like a third and two or something like late in the fourth quarter and maybe half the stadium was making noise. I mean, it's like you've got the half that is into it. They're they They want to be there. They're energetic. They're all about the atmosphere. And then there's the people that are just like, I'm just here to watch the game. That's uh, all I want to do. I think they're there to watch all. the band. I think they make more noise for the band than they do than the, they do for the football. The college thing. atmosphere is all about the players, man. Your players create that. You create that with your play. You create that with the guys you have. Like, and that's why I got like a Burrow is such a, a a godsend for LSU because he gets it, and he and he's and he's he's pumping up the crowd and he's out there and and they're attacking and I mean all of that stuff matters, man. I mean that's it. That's all it is, man. And especially in college, like the Zion effect. Like, you kidding me? Again. You your players have to generate that kind of yeah, excitement. I get it. I get it to get your crowd into it. But unless this, it, unless again you just have it as a part. There will always be Cameron crazies, man. Even if there's no high flyer at Duke, and I mean, and Vernon Carey's solid. I mean, they, they got the other kid who, who can kind of get up. But 
it's not well, like it was it. They last lost year. They lost the whole team oh, yeah. to the pros. But it's not like it was last year. But what is consistent is that culture is the Cameron crazies. Like, that is just they – so you have to build that, though. You have to kind of get that – Get that going. The end zone isn't; those aren't things that are created overnight. Like Pearl, Bruce Pearl is literally just creating it. He is creating it on the fly. But it's easy to do when he's pumping his fist and guys are getting steals and dunking and throwing oops, and the game is being played at a fast pace. Same thing at LSU. Same thing Nate Oates, who uh, again former coach at, uh, at Romulus, and look at what Nate Oates is building at Alabama. Alabama shoots more threes than anybody in the country. All of a sudden, now you go to Alabama game, win or lose, you're going to see a, a, the game go up and down. So this is something where you're like, all right, I can, I, I like, excitement never hurts. And I mean, think about what we're talking about with, with I can't believe I'm about to do this. These damn lions, right? <laughs> Who is the guy that gets it going? Galladay? Matt? Matt strike you as the rah-rah, the rah, the let's go guy? I think I think he's got a little of that in him. Come on, man. Don't do that. No. I think I think Stafford had it earlier on in his yeah. career. Like that game against I think it was the Browns when he like busted up his shoulder oh, and yeah. then he was like, No, no, get off me, like I'm finishing this game and he everything. Was young and then, then they went down and scored and he was doing the fist pumps and all that. Like I think he had it more back then, but now it's kind of just been taken I'm, out of him I'm over talking the years. About He's got the, the crap beat out of him. The sustained energy that comes from that guy. Yeah, he's not that Mahomes. Guy. I get it. He's right. not Mahomes. That guy. Every team, I don't care if it's high school, college, pro, that guy. That guy controls everything. He controls his team. He's got the other team thinking about him. He's got the crowd. That guy. And it doesn't have to be the quarterback. Ray Lewis was that guy. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, that guy. Maybe the consummate that guy. For sure. I mean – Linebacker that literally owned a city and maybe what the owned the NFC. He did. You know he lived in the Philly uh, backyard and in yeah. the Redskins backyard. He lived there. And I mean, if you want to maybe we look at the '85 Bears as a collective that defense. Oh, yeah, they were man. But I mean, it, and that maybe is again it goes back some. There has to be that something that establishes. There's got to be that guy. That's what I didn't like about Jim Caldwell. As much as I liked him. And obviously he got his teams ready to play. Yeah. He showed me nothing on the sidelines. And, you know, I'm I'm just talking as a fan. When you get a penalty against you and the ref, is, it's obviously a, a crap call. It's against the Lions. It's always usually a crap call. And he's just, okay, all right, let's move on. And I know he was a prideful man yeah. and he's a gentleman and he's like grandpa. I understand that. But I want a little bit more yes. out, out of my guy. You want passion. I do. And but it's that, like, that doesn't mean that he wasn't passionate. No, and it's and TJ talks about this too. TJ Lang says that he was the players' coach. You know, he was there. He would fight for them, and he would do the things to be able to stand up for them. And like you said, when there's a crap call in a game, and you know that it hurts your team, that's when you want to see that players' coach stand up and say, "No, this is wrong." But he didn't. Yeah, he just kind of stood there and was like, yeah. "Okay, like I, I understand it's right. you know." But then he didn't even talk about it after the game because he didn't want to get you know fines and I don't want to get into that kind of stuff. It's, the biggest, and that's and that's the time when you would do it to say, "No, screw the fines. I'll take what I yeah. I'll take what I got to do, but I'm going to stand up for my guys." One of the biggest things you can Terrible. one of the biggest mistakes any team in any level can make is to not factor in their fans as part of their culture because it is the biggest part of your culture. I mean, again, think about the Bears, man. McMahon, right? You had McMahon. You had that defense. And with that de- – I mean, it was – it 
those Single people, carry. they just gravitated. Here, Darren, the grind line. Those guys don't pay for. I, nope. I mean, they love them. People here Still that do. work, man. They, I, yes, to this to this Still day, to this identify day. with them. Eighty four Tigers, dudes are they're, they're gods. Yeah. The bad boy Pistons, gods. Yes. Even the going to work Pistons, love them. Love them. But it's because of the it's 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 how they made their fans feel. Yeah, I was proud to go to a Pistons yes. game. Yes, and you think about that the. Maybe as underrated a team as you'll find ever in the NBA. But the personalities in hindsight, Chauncey, Rib, oh. She, Ben, all in any given night could grab the crowd. Yeah. I think I was at a game, Rip Hamilton hit eight straight shots. I think it was it was against somebody. It was just at one point, it was just like the crowd was like another one. And then you had Rip who was kind of like, before the play, he's like, yep. It's, it's coming, and everybody is. And I'm like, Rip Hamilton was never a kind of a, like, the biggest person. But on that night, he had that ability. Yeah. And so he could be that guy. You had four guys that could be that guy. I mean, Joseph, yes, sir. Anybody more <laughs> more respected, anybody more classy, dignified, gentlemanly than Joe Dumars? No. Maybe in, in Detroit sports history. For sure. But on, on the court. Barry, maybe. But could be that guy. Without saying a word, Joe could be that guy by the way he locked up, lock up Jordan and not say nothing. Come down and have 30. And so you – and people love him for that. And people aren't sitting around like, oh, Joe Dumars didn't talk. No, you, you, we love him because he just – his personality was able to come through and he was that guy. You got to have that guy. You got you have, and know, that guy has to want that role. But we're talking college basketball. You're not going to keep that guy. You know I mean, you don't get that guy in college basketball. You don't get there's yeah, not many do. there's not many Zion Williamsons. There's not many. No, but somebody has to be next year the recruiting class you, that that uh Jawan's bringing in mm-hmm. is supposed to be phenomenal. But brother, you recruit the guys that you want to continue or or that can be that. So all right, can you go out and get a Draymond Green every year? No, probably not. But can you go out and get somebody that has that kind of makeup, that intensity, that get that guy that is going to be somebody your crowd will buy? Because that's what you're talking about. You're trying. You're talking about getting somebody your crowd your crowd will buy. When the Tigers turned in what turned in oh oh five when they turned in oh six, yeah. and it was Pudge, but it was also Leland. and Maglio and Maglio. But I rem- I remember early in the season it was that when Leland came out and had that rant. If we won, it was okay. If we lost, it was okay. Nobody gave us. And it was like things just kind of. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, man, I like this as a manager. We can yeah. we can believe in. In baseball, to. you can go out and get yourself thrown out of a game. I mean, managers do that. Yeah. That's part of that's part of but, but how you manage. Had, whether it was Guillen or, uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking of names, man. It, it, Maglio. Yeah, you, that guy. That guy. For the Wings, who's that guy? Nobody right now. But that's my you, you the idea that your fans are just like, hey, you know, I I want you to not have somebody we can love. Same thing with the Pistons, the young guys. I'm watching them lose, but dude, I'm watching them because I'm seeing like, all right, and I'm seeing some young guys play, and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm getting it, and that's what I want. The same thing from the time. Like you're talking about the Green Kid, yeah, bro. I'm, that's appointment TV. Yeah, Riley right, cool. Green. Let Matter of fact, is playing today. They played the a Blue Jays. 
and he was at minor league camp. Now they're putting him on the team, and it's on TV today, so watch Riley Green and the Tigers But today. that's the beauty of the media we live in today. Maz talked about Riley Green, so now I'm like, all right, well, Maz is my dude. Let me check out Riley Green. Now if I go and the Tigers are going to lose, let's say they're going to lose 100 games, but Riley Green is something every game I'm seeing, that kid is diving and he's hitting and he's just – and there's just something – and that's what that guy does. That guy, or or when you get a couple of them, they, they just generate something that it's like, it's almost like a virus, man, not to be disrespectful about the corona, but it's just people catch it, and it's just like, man, what is, like, all right, that's, yeah, let me check that out. It's kind of like, in a way, the fans feed off you like you feed off yes. them as a player. I feel like it kind of goes both ways in some situations. I just can't get over last night's crowd. I, I'm sorry, I just... As a guy that, that wants to watch a game, it bored the hell out of me to keep it on for more than I mean, a minute. I mean, but I get that, though, because, again, I, if I put on a game that I don't care about exciting, the teams. They're not an exciting team. I don't team, care, but dude. if I don't, I don't care about the teams on TV, let's just say, and I flip the channel and VCU's playing. Shaka Smart back in the day was their coach. I got, I got excited to watch hell that yeah, team. That's the crazy. crowd's jumping around. They can't wait to yes. storm the court. I don't see that in Ann Arbor. I don't, I don't see no, any. But Shaka's- They've had good teams, man. They've had good teams. The right, Where, where's, the right where's your team, vocal? the right coach, the right – he should have never left VCU because he had he had grabbed something there. He went for money. Yeah, but he grabbed something in VCU he can't duplicate. The same thing that they got in Gonzaga. That, now, that, he ain't, Mark Few ain't never leaving Gonzaga. If and Munson, Munson built it up, but, I mean, he took it to a whole nother level. Same thing, Laval is doing the same thing, and Laval Jordan's going to be the coach at Butler until he goes to the pros, or he'll stay there because he understands that culture there and that field house and Hoosiers and all that stuff. I mean, that is a phenomenal job. So if you don't have that guy creating that kind of excitement, and, you, and like people say, well, Livers. Okay, well, all right, he's good good player and they're a great just the thing they're a great team but michigan's best play is back cut layup like i get it great play and you're gonna win games and i man, they won five in a row before last night and they're nine and eight and again this is not me dissing michigan this is just me saying like for what maz wants this is this is my my counter to maz's point which is if you don't have the guy that's bringing down the house or controlling the crowd with his energy and his natural charisma then i'm not I, i'm not gonna be in shock i'm just not they play Ohio State uh, on Sunday at Ohio State. I'm sure that crowd's going to be into it. MSU takes on Maryland uh, tomorrow. I, I like MSU in that game. I know they didn't play real well against Maryland the first time around. Maryland's kind of no, running man, away I, with that yeah, Big Ten. Mar- no, man, Maryland is there. They got two great guards, man. And Collins, I mean, Collins Jr. There. I know they took the loss to Ohio State, but, I mean, it's Do so you think they're beating the, the Spartans? Yeah. I'll bet you a little yeah. something on well, that. I mean, that game's at home. They got that game at home. Like, yeah, and they're and they're great. At home. All right, I'll take your bet. I'll take MSU. Who you like, MSU or or Maryland? I'm going to take Maryland. Yeah, to keep rolling? You don't think anyone's going to start knocking them down off their perch? No, I like them at home. Uh, I think Michigan State, against good teams on the road, can be a different team. I think we saw it in the first half against Nebraska a week ago when they struggled in the first half, then came out in the second half. Nebraska realized they were Nebraska and kind of laid down. (laughs) But I do think it'll be different going to Maryland uh, this weekend, and also I believe because I saw this the other night that I believe Maryland just has to win one more game to lock up the Big Ten. Yeah, then they, so I, I feel like they'll get it done in that game because it's going to be a big game for them, just like it was when it was in East Lansing a few weeks ago. Big Ten tournament too. We'll see how they do. That's Michigan's tournament usually. Michigan, Michigan State. That one of those, one of those two usually seem 
to really pump it up for that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so did you guys? So here's the other thing. Just staying on college basketball, man, because I, I I wanted to say this because I like it. It pissed me off when I heard it, and I I kind of gave myself some time and and I started reading with other people. So there was a point with Dan Dan Dockage yeah. on the Iowa call. Yeah. Talked about Cassius being fat. Yeah. And Twitter kind of blew up. Oh yeah. And this is not the first time Dan Dockage. I like at this point, ESPN may have to just part ways with Dan Dockage because he just cannot. He cannot keep foot out of mouth. And he specifically may have to get a, a Spartan ban because he really can't keep foot out of out of Spartan mouth, like out of control. Out of everything that kid's been through, I mean, seriously, we're talking fat? Like, you pick that kid and you pick that. Who's like, had the year he's had. The year he's had. But I feel on like— On and off the in and off the court. I feel like my issue with Dockage is that— Especially when you work for a network like ESPN and you're calling these college basketball games and you're supposed to be kind of impartial to both sides and just call the game straight. I feel like more often than not, he kind of sides towards one team or the other. And in some cases, he even sides with like a specific player on that team over another. And I mean, there was a game, I believe, two or three years ago now where it was Ohio State at Michigan playing and... All he talked about for 40 minutes straight was how great Caleb Wesson is. And, yes, he's a great player, but he had one of his worst games as a college basketball player in that game. But all he talked about was him for 40 minutes. And it took him until about 10 seconds left in the game to realize that Xavier Simpson went off for a triple-double in that game, and he was one of, like, the three Michigan players ever to do it. And it took the play-by-play announcer kind of interrupting him for a minute and saying, well, you know, he he just got a assist for his triple-double or whatever. And he goes, wait a minute, really? I like, yeah, like I, it just it blew man, his it, mind. Like it, he it, wasn't even watching the same game as everybody else. Hoochie mama. Yeah, and this is the same guy to call Andrew Luck soft for retiring. So <laughs> I mean, you know, he's pretty good on the air. Besides those little faux pas, I think he calls a pretty decent game. He he's knowledgeable. He doesn't bother me. Mad. He really doesn't. He doesn't bother me. If you couldn't get away with that in a women's game, can you imagine if he just said that in an MSU yeah. women's game? Yeah. What well, called somebody fat? Call somebody yeah. fat. Like, it just, it has no, like, I, I don't know. Hey. Dude's a dick. Hey, Pistons <laughs> play at Phoenix tonight. They are in full tank mode. They've lost seven in a row. Speaking of They're tanking, not tanking. Those young guys are playing that's hard, right. man. Red, Red Wings. They're, they might not intentionally be They're tanking. not intentionally tanking. Red Wings lost 7-1 last night to the Wild. They've lost four straight, eight of nine. They've been outscored 38-14 to 14 and 3-18 and since January the 10th. The Red Wings. Not playing so good. Yeah, D-Mac, that, we send that, our shout-out to you. When does the, do we know when the report right? when the Tua report comes out? The Tua report? Yeah, we're, I'm, pretty soon. Pretty, pretty soon. Like in, by Monday, you think? Perhaps. we got to call Freddie. We will. We'll call Freddie and get on it. Uh, the Wings goal differential, minus 119, by the way. <laughs> Thanks to Angel and Kelsey. Who else is behind the glass today? Uh, I think that's it for today. That's it for today. Yay. Stevie Mack in the house. Clarence, have a great weekend. You too, brother. Watch that XFL if you can. I am, man. I'm Tom Azoy. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Wrap. Jimmy King, Terry Foster coming up just a little bit. Take care, everyone.